everybody! Welcome to another audio adventure. This is Daily Notes presented by Almost Sideways. I'm your host, Adam Daly. When I started preparing this episode, I had everything planned out. I was looking forward to talking about X-Men, the new mutants that just came out. We're going to do a review for that film and also give you my updated ranking of the X-Men franchise. There's 13 films now. However, there was some tragic news that happened last night. And, of course, I kind of had to... Uh, kind of shift what I wanted to do. So I will be giving... This episode obviously is going to be given with a heavy heart uh, because we're going to be talking about some Chadwick Boseman uh, stuff that happened, kind of his legacy, what he leaves behind, but also just uh, kind of honoring him as well. Uh, if this is your first time to listening to this podcast, I would love for you guys to just take a couple minutes and leave a star rating or a review. I know that takes time to do that, but I, I am appreciative. The podcast as a whole appreciates it as well because it gets us out there a little bit more. And if this is your first time or you, you've list, been listening for a while, feel free to take a screenshot and tag me on Twitter with that screenshot that you're listening to the podcast. Tag me at Adam Sideways on Twitter. Would love to that see you there. Now, of course, we'll retweet it. The Almost Sideways Twitter would also retweet it too. Um, you can follow us there at Almost Sideways. So let's talk about Chadwick Boseman. If anybody's been on social media in the last 24 hours, you probably have seen the news on your your Facebook timeline, your Twitter timeline, what have you, that Chadwick Boseman has passed away from his battle with cancer. He was 43 years old. He He's obviously the face of the upcoming Marvel uh, Phase 5, Phase 4, as uh, Black Panther. Uh, he, he definitely is probably known from that, but he also has a lot of other roles in his filmography that we'll discuss here today. I'm going to read out the press release that his family posted on his Twitter. Uh, it clearly says, It is with an Im- immeasurable grief that we confirm that the passing of Chadwick Boseman. Chadwick was diagnosed with stage 3 colon cancer in 2016 and battled with it these last four years as he progressed to stage 4. A true fighter, Chadwick preserved through it all and brought you many of the films you have come to love so much, from Marshall to Defy Bloods, August Wilson's May Rainey's Black Bottom, and several more. All were filmed during and between countless surgeries and chemotherapy. It was an honor of his career to bring King T'Challa to life in Black Panther. He died in his home with his wife and family by his side. The family thanks you for your love and prayers and ask that you continue to respect their privacy during this difficult time. Of course, we're going to talk about his passing, but I just want to, you know, clear up, clear the air up. If you're listening to this, uh, we uh, almost sideways, we don't get, we don't have any sponsors for the podcast and we're, we don't get any revenue or monetization on this, these shows. And so none of, we're not trying to make money off of this tragic thing. We uh, we're doing this out of full respect for that and because obviously he was uh he's a pretty prominent actor and an actor that we've seen a lot of their movies and also he's just a a human being too and you know we don't that's definitely just want to honor his legacy uh so as we um look back at some of the things um he was diagnosed with cancer in 2016 i've kind of dug into that um he was cast about in 2014 2015 to play black panther 
he was revealed at Hall H, or not Hall H, but it was one of the Disney uh, Marvel Expo things. And he came on stage as King T'Challa. So that means he filmed, he started filming or the Captain America Civil War where he first made his appearance as Black Panther. He was battling through his cancer starting then. And he's made several films in that time frame. And just knowing that, looking back now and knowing what we know now, what a fighter. Uh, he battled through those. And he didn't want, from my understanding, he didn't let everybody know because he didn't want the stigma of in the, being in the news that he has cancer. He battled through that and gave us a really a very diverse res, resume of films. And as I see some interviews that he's done, uh, and I might put one in this this clip, this podcast today too. Uh, I can't help but just marvel at marvel at the what he did. I thought he was in a lot more movies as I was looking through his filmography, and I was kind of shocked that he hadn't been in a whole lot of stuff. He'd only been in about eighteen films, and I think I've seen almost half of them. And uh, kind of wants to go back and watch a lot of his other ones, just kind of just you know say that I've watched them all now. And um, uh, for me, as uh, you know, I'm a huge Marvel fan. I'm not going to deny that. Um, I, I I enjoyed him as King T'Challa. I think his my favorite outing for his was in Infinity War. You know, when especially that seeing some of the lines of dialogue and knowing how those movies play out I think it's going to be really tough for me to watch some of those lines some of those scenes knowing that he is no longer with us there's especially that one scene where he talks to, to uh, Okoye um, Danny Guerrero's character in Infinity War and says the ground has no place to die and then he disappears that's wow <sighs> sorry and that's a really um, that's a sad scene right there and Knowing, thinking back too, is that he um, he was in the funeral scene when Iron Man, um, Iron Man's funeral, as well, and that's that's a tough one now too. And I don't want to sit here and speculate and wonder what's next for Marvel. I don't think that should be that's anything we should do. Uh, knowing some of the comics, I know there's storylines they could do to not have him necessarily just be recasted if they wanted to go that route I know it will be tough uh, but it's too way too soon to even speculate or talk about that and we won't um, on today's show as I try to recompose myself um, right now let's just uh, talk about some of his 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 legacy that he will leave um, I know one of my wife's favorite superheroes in movies was Black Panther we mentioned on one of the episodes that she was on that she can watch Black Panther over and over like every day if she wanted to. So she's, it's sad for her too. I think it's a shock for everybody, especially if you're a Marvel fan and or a fan of his work because Black Panther was the first mainstream superhero of color. He obviously, you know, Black Panther is a black character and he gets as Black Panther was a main focus, a lot of the actors were black or people of color. And that's very great for people of color to have representation representation in films and in, on camera. And I say mainstream superheroes. Obviously, we had Blade, played by Wesley Snipes in the late 90s. He's a super comic book hero from Marvel. 
However, those ones are rated R, and those weren't necessarily mainstream. They made money, but nothing to the equivalent of Black Panther. Also, Steel, I guess, starring Shaquille O'Neal was a comic book movie. Again, that wasn't really anything. That was kind of on the lower tier of being one of the worst superhero movies made. So Black Panther had that big, like, first, uh, a lot of first things that happened to it. Um, Black Panther, obviously the first superhero movie to get nominated for Best Picture at the Oscars. It won at the SAG Awards for Best Ensemble Cast, where Chadwick gave this awesome, empowering speech. And the actor goes to Black Panther. Yes. When I think of going to work every day and the passion and the intelligence, the resolve, the discipline that everybody showed, I also think of two questions that we all have received during the course of multiple publicity runs. And one is, did we know that this movie was going to receive this kind of response? Meaning, was it going to make billions of dollars? Was it going to, was it going to make a billion dollars? Was it um, going to still be around during this award season? And the second question is, has it changed the industry? Has it actually changed the way this industry works? how it sees us. And, and my answer to that is to be young, gifted, and black. All of us up here know, and Andy, we, we, we include you too. <laughs> you, man, you got great timing, boy. <laughs> great timing. To be young, gifted, and black, we all know what it's like to be told that there is not a place for you to be featured yet you are young, gifted, and black. We know what it's like to be told to say there's not a, a screen for you to be featured on, a stage for you to be featured on. We know what it's like to be the tail and not the head. We know what it's like to be beneath and not above. And that is what we went to work with every day because we knew not that we would be around during award season or that it would make a billion dollars, but we knew that we had something special that we wanted to give the world, that we could be full human beings in the roles that we were playing, that we, cre we could create a world that exemplified a world that we wanted to see. We knew that we had something that we wanted to give and to come to work with every day and to solve problems with this group of people every day with this director, that is something that I wish all actors would get the opportunity to experience. If you get to experience that, you will be a fulfilled artist. The question of, you know, will we be around? <laughs> Don't give me the music. The question of will we be around during award season, I just have to say, you know, it's a pleasure to be celebrated by you, to be loved by you. And one thing I do know, what did it change the industry? I know that you can't have a Black Panther now without a two on it. So we love you and we celebrate it. <laughs> Obviously, Black Panther is what he's going to be really known for. And of course, a lot of people are going to say Wakanda forever. And absolutely. And one of the quotes I would like to quote now is In my culture, death is not the end. And I think that's a great line from Black Panther. Obviously, we have a legacy to last forever. And. I think that's really something great that he does leave behind. Let's let's talk about some of the movies that he is in. Like I said, he's only about 18 movies. 
18 films. And of course, we can just rattle off a bunch of his appearances as T'Challa. He was in his first appearance was Captain America: Civil War, 2016's film. Then he had his first solo outing in 2018 in Black Panther, directed by Ryan Coogler. And then, of course, he made his appearance in 2018 in Avengers: Infinity War, and then last year's 2019 Black Panther. One of his first movies in 2012 was a movie called The Kill Hole, which I've never actually seen before, um, but has a really kind of an interesting cast here. Chadwick Boseman's the car, um, the star here. Uh, Billy Zane also stars in this film too. Um, it looks like very interesting. So I said I, I want to go back and relook at some of these films I hadn't quite seen. To just in 2008, he played in a film called The Express, directed by Gary Fledler, where he played a football player. Uh, on Incredible Express follows the inspirational life of college football hero Ernie Davis, the first African-American to win the Heisman Trophy. Uh, this is one I hadn't seen yet, and I, I, I definitely want to... He, Chadwick, I just want to clarify, Chadwick doesn't play um, the Express. He plays in the movie, he plays Floyd Little, uh, but definitely a movie that I want to watch, just knowing that he's in the film now, one of his very first movies. He played it in a movie that you can find on Netflix from 2016 called A Message from the King where he is on a relentless quest to avenge his sister's murder uh, from a man at Cape Town in L.A. Uh, which, oh, I've seen this movie. I thought it was a pretty, uh, pretty cool action flick that he was on. He also played, in 2014, he played a movie called Get On Up, where he played the legendary James Brown. Now, I, I didn't really care too much for this movie uh, personally, but I thought that his performance was electric. I thought he really did a good job bringing James Brown to life, and I thought there was some really good, a really great performance there. Regardless of the movie itself, might have let it down in my my opinion, but I thought he did really good. Um, he also played in 2017. He played a Mar Thoroughgood Marshall, which was a movie that was nominated for Best Original Song at the 20 um, I guess 2018 Oscars. I haven't seen this one quite yet, uh, but now it's definitely going to be on my list. Another movie that he played in, um, he played in a couple sports movies. One of them was in 2014 called Draft Day with Kevin Costner. Uh, another one that I didn't really care too much about, he um, he was played a kind of a minor character. He played uh, Vontae Mack in that film. Uh, but it's another one that if you kind of like football or sports movies with Kevin Costner, I think there's something to look at, but he's, it wasn't the main star of the film. Uh, however, he was the main star in 2013's 42, which he plays Jackie Robinson. I feel like this one is kind of feels like more of a made-for-TV movie. However, I really enjoy this one. I do have I do have this on Blu-ray. I thought he did a really good job as Jackie. Probably if I had a Mount Rushmore, we might do that in a second. Um, this might make it on for my for me anyway. Another one movie that he had played in uh, was another one that I hadn't seen yet called Gods of Egypt. From 2016, I know a lot of people did not really like this film a lot, but uh, it's one that again I, I said I'm gonna go back and rewatch and uncheck, take a look at. Um, I know that the guy from uh, Nicola Coster, uh, he was from Game of Thrones fame. He's the main star of this one, and Chadwick Boseman plays Thoth. I'm not sure. And Gerard Butler is in this film as well as uh, Jeffrey Rush, some big bigger name stars in this film so might have to take some time to watch a big uh, big flick action movie one movie that i did really enjoy that he was in was last year's 2019 21 bridges uh, i thought it was a fun little kind of whodunit type of thing uh I, you know uh, from the the writers like the russos kind of brought this up 
he plays the main detective trying to figure out he plays Andre Davis in this film where he's trying to figure out uh, where who orchestrated this like this this robbery and it's kind of like digs into the police department too I, I I thought this was a lot better than a lot of critics were saying I enjoyed this one and it was just kind of like I like these kind of heist whodunit type movies and this one was right up my alley so definitely uh, I recommend 21 Bridges the movie that this year has come out was Defy Bloods and this, this will be his last film that he is he's going to be able to put out and it's just a Spike Lee joint I know the guys reviewed this on the podcast so definitely um, check uh, take a listen the other guys giving their thoughts on the five bloods. I hadn't quite seen this one yet, but I feel bad for not seeing it at this point. So definitely be watching this probably probably tonight, maybe uh, in this week for sure. His last role, and I think it, it's more poignant now knowing that he's not here. That you know these guys are going back and to for his like his legacy, try to find him. Uh, I, it makes me want to go back and rewatch. It uh, makes me want to watch this movie now. So Defy bloods. This is probably going to be a big Oscar contender contender at this year's oscars of course like i like i said I, I thought i seen about half of his movies and uh, roughly so i think some of my favorites like i said like i, I really like the black panther movies um black panther movie and his portrayal as black panther uh, my favorite marvel film out uh, of the ones he was in was avengers infinity war i thought that was just a fantastic hit it was more in that movie than he was in endgame civil war is fun black panther is really good as well I, I really love 21 Bridges and 42, um, but I, if I had to give like the top his, my top four favorite performances, talking about performances, not the film itself, I'm definitely going to have to throw in Black Panther as the Black Panther movie directed by Ryan Coogler would be have to be on his Mount Rushmore. Uh, 21 Bridges, I just thought he was he's cool in that role and. Uh, I, re- I really enjoyed that film. Get on up as James Brown. He was really electric as that as as that leg- legendary singer. So I definitely have to mention that one. And of course, we have to go with Jackie Robinson uh, as Forty Two. I think those are my f- my four favorite performances that he's given. Think of his films. I think he's he did really great. And uh, he was a very good actor. I wanted to see. Of course, we all wanted to see him do more things. We're kind of at a loss right now, but. I want to say rest in power to Chadwick Boseman. Uh, you're definitely going to be missed, uh, not just as an actor, not just as a superhero, but as a person. Your legacy is going to live on. People are going to remember you and talk about you for years to come. And thank you. I guess the best part, the most important thing is that he was fighting for representation in, in movies. And that's, that's, that's the best part of it. Of his legacy, so. All right, so today I'm going to review the brand new X-Men film called The New Mutants. It just came out this weekend, directed by Josh Boone, and uh, yeah, so take a listen for The New Mutants. The reason you survived. It's because you're a very uncommon girl. You're not alone. Not anymore. Do you know what mutants are? Would anyone like to share their first time? Rain? I was 13. I thought it was a dream. I just lost control. Sam? I started panicking. People got hurt. Roberto? My girlfriend had a partner. Ileana? 
I killed 18 men, one by one. We went to the drive-in to see this film this weekend, and you know the New Mutants has a double feature with Iron Man. We didn't. We only saved for the first movie. The drive-in is a very fun experience. We had one up here in um, Bremerton, Washington, and it's called the Rodeo Drive-in. So definitely, rec- highly recommend going there to watch films. It's a lot of fun. So the New Mutants. Uh, this movie everybody knows kind of a lot of people do know the history of this it was a 20th 20th century fox film that unfortunately was a big suffered some some setbacks due to the the fox merger with disney plus a bunch of reshoots i think the reshoots kind of made it, the movie a little better this movie just got postponed and postponed and postponed it was supposed to come out i believe in 2017 around the a little after deadpool 2 before dark phoenix it was definitely supposed to come out before dark phoenix which that had postponements to it and wasn't really good. But for the New Mutants stars, you know, stars Anya Taylor-Joy as Magic, Maisie Williams as Wolfsbane, Charlie Heaton as Cannonball, Blue Hunt as Mirage, and Henry Zaga as Sunspot. Oh, and Alice Braga as Dr. Cecilia Reyes. Pretty good gun cast of actors here, uh, headlined by Anya Taylor-Joy, who you might recognize from The Witch as well as the Split series and also this year's Emma. She's a really good good actress. And Maisie Williams, of course, of Game of Thrones fame. She played Arya. She also had some some roles in Early Man and Mary Shelley, as well as Cyberbully, which is a really, um, really sad, heartbreaking bully movie there. Um, I'm not really familiar really with Charlie Heaton, what he, he's been in. Or Blue Hunt. This Blue Hunt's actually this is her first movie that she's ever been in. So I thought she did a really good job as uh, Danny Moonstar, who, uh, aka Mirage. Thought she was pretty cool in that. And then uh, Henry Zaga. Actually, I have seen a Henry Zaga movie. He was XOXO, but I never, I can't really picture his character in that film. So if you're not really unfamiliar with the New Mutants, uh, from my understanding in the comics, I'm not really too familiar with them from the comic books so from my understanding is that after the dark phoenix storyline the phoenix story after like a lot of the x-men actually were dead so they started this new comic book x-men line called the new mutants that's where we really get into this um i I will link a video down in the description box of this episode Uh, one of the my youtube buddies sean chandler had a really a guy who knows his comic book stuff andrew king and they kind of go in deep with who the new mutants are in that video so i'll leave that in the description box down below so make sure you if you listen to this check out that video if you're interested in knowing more about the new mutants overall though it's about these five teenagers teens who are just now coming into knowing that there are mutants they have they realizing they have some power and they're kind of locked up in this facility and they're trying to figure out what's going on and some crazy stuff is happening they're getting kind of possessed by nightmares we find out one of the the superhero or the hero or these teens have a power of you know bringing out the worst in you your nightmares for being all the details all the um the delays and all this stuff that happened with this film this movie should have been garbage but i found myself thoroughly enjoying it i actually i kind of dug it even though the ratings on you know rotten tomatoes are really bad i thought that this movie could have been a lot worse I, I thought the performances from the our characters were interesting and not knowing much about the characters themselves from the comic books made me really want to know more about them and get more time invested in the characters. 
it's not like a perfect film by any means. I think some of the dialogue is kind of, you know, cheesy at times. And, you know, they don't flesh out the characters too much. Specifically, let's see, the guy who plays um, Henry Zaga's character, Roberto da Costa, or Sunspot. They really don't really dive into him too much. I was I leaned over to my wife who we went to see this. I saw this with, and I said, "Well, we haven't really seen his power. What's his power?" And we're like thirty minutes into thirty forty minutes into the movie, and we you know we finally do get in. It's pretty cool what they he's able to do, uh, but we don't really know too many about the character's powers, and it's kind of slowly developed into that. I think. It, People might say it's a little slow at times, but it didn't really bother me at all. And I, I, I actually kind of really enjoyed the movie as a whole. And I don't really think it's superhero bias from my part because I just don't know about these characters at all. And even though it is connected to the X-Men universe and it's there's the hints dropped here and there, it's not terribly like it feels different and unique in its own right doesn't have a whole lot of huge set pieces there's some big there's an action sequence near the end that's pretty entertaining and exciting but it's it's you know it's a slower kind of self-discovery type of movie for these superheroes and yeah just I, there was a different change of the genre you know i felt a lot smaller in scope as well and it's funny calling it back to sean chandler he did a little snake a little snippet out of his review that he put online was that if you ever wanted a breakfast club movie set in a superhero universe where the characters have superpowers, this is kind of what it is. I, I, I guess I kind of agree with that. It's kind of an interesting take, but yeah, it kind of makes sense. I, I really enjoyed seeing Maisie Williams on here as Wolfsbane, where she's kind of like, she turns into um, a wolf, which is interesting. Anya Taylor-Joy is here. She has a really cool uh power set her name's magic and she's uh, definitely the more prominent character in the comics from my understanding i just wish this movie would have came out more and unfortunately i don't think we're going to get a sequel even though it necessarily just set it up but you can definitely see what their sequels would be interested to have i think this was supposed to be a, a first film of three so i don't think that that's really going to happening anymore because disney owns the rights to these the characters now and they're trying to slowly set up mutants in the next phase of marvel the mcu but overall just my enjoyment for this film maybe it's going back to the theater again or the drive-in i'm going to give this movie a three out of four stars on our rating scale i recommend it if you like the x-men movies uh, it's definitely not the worst x-men movie out there i saw a lot of that online this weekend where people were saying like critics were saying like this is the worst x-men movie out there it's by no means worse than at least three of those movies and we'll talk about that shortly but yeah i i don't understand some of the thinking about why this is the worst one uh, but I'm going to give it a solid three stars. It might be a lower three star rating, barely over 2.5, but still, like it's. I give it a positive. And if you like what I'm saying, definitely check it out. I, it's in theaters. A lot of theaters are not playing, unfortunately. Like I know California isn't really playing. I think there's one, only one main theater in Washington uh, playing now, and that's where we're at. So that's why I was like, find a drive-in theater or wait for it on Disney Plus or something. Uh, I would check this one out. So the X-Men franchise started 20 years ago in 2000 with the very first film directed by Brian Singer called X-Men. Just simple, X-Men. We saw iconic characters brought to life by Patrick Stewart's Professor X, Hugh Jackman's 
Wolverine. We saw James Morrison come as, out as Cyclops. We saw Ian McClellan as Magneto. The list goes on and on with all these big name actors playing these iconic characters from our comics, our comic heroes. And X-Men actually was pretty a groundbreaking film. It goes along with this Brian Singer X-Men film as well as Sam Raimi's Spider-Man. Those were the kind of big branching off point of these big franchises kicking off. This is before the MCU. You know, and at this point, the only the big superhero movies were the Christopher Reeve Superman movie, as well as Tim Burton's Batman franchise, uh, and that kind of soured on us too. So these were kind of like we're okay. Let's start taking these films serious. Let's start making them really good, and it kind of kicked off with some an interesting franchise to say the least. This X Men franchise has some really good ups, but some really bad lows that really can leave a big souring taste in our mouth. Again, that's 13 films. We're going to rank them from worst to best. Now, this is just my personal opinion. Again, I will clear, say this. Hit me up on Twitter, Adam Sideways, or at Almost Sideways on Twitter. Let us know your ranking. So, coming in number 13 on my list is X-Men Dark Phoenix. This is the film. came out last year. Uh, directed by Simon Kinberg. This is his second chance to do this storyline, and he kind of even made it even worse. I really kind of hated this film from start to finish. There was a lot of reshoots. This The final act was supposed to take place in space, but this time it took place on a train. The, Sophia Turner was really good as Jean Grey. She's coming off of Game of Thrones fame, and I enjoyed her. And McAvoy and... Uh, Fassbender did a really good job returning as their, their characters, but you can kind of see where there was some disinterest, especially from Jennifer Lawrence's uh, Mag- uh, Mystique, which they kind of spoil that death in the trailer, which is kind of frustrating. Uh, a lot of great actors here, but this movie was just really disjointed. They tried to tell this epic story, and it just kind of just fell off the face of the earth, and I did not like this film whatsoever. Coming in at number 12 is the very first like spinoff film for Wolverine, and that's X-Men Origins Wolverine, directed by Gavin Hood, came out in 2009. A lot of people might put this as the worst X-Men film. However, I would rather watch this movie than Dark Phoenix, so I'm giving it a slight entertainment boost over that film coming in number 12 here. This is where we see Ryan Reynolds as, you know, the Merc with a Mouth Deadpool before he was Deadpool. Wade, um, so a lot of people really hated his turn in there, and that's why Deadpool kind of spawned. And there's some really bad CGI here, but we I think there's some really good points here, too. We see a little bit more Hugh Jackman, which we absolutely love. Leif Schreiber plays Sabretooth or Victor Creed. I, I really like that. The opening montage of the film is really cool. Some really cool, mo- interesting moments here. We see some big-name people, like Taylor Kitsch comes in as the Gambit, which I really wanted more of him in this film. A lot more, actually. Um, we also see Will I Am show up as Kestrel or John Wraith, and Dominic Monaghan also comes in as Bolt. I thought there's some interesting stuff there. But overall, there's some rehashed telling of some X-Men lore that just kind of falls off. Really bad CGI. It's not a really good film, but a little more entertaining than Dark Phoenix. So I'll give it a slight boost. Coming in number 11, I have X-Men The Last Stand, directed by Brett Ratner. It came out in 2006. And this is the third film in the X-Men franchise. And again, this is the first time they told the, the Phoenix storyline. Consider Considering what we know now, this is definitely more entertaining i have a little more nostalgia watching this movie just because i was I, I enjoyed it when i first watched it looking back now it has a lot of issues a lot of logic based issues a lot of story point issues and just not a good movie overall there, there are some fun moments here but the phoenix storyline just 
kind of shoehorned into this movie. And also you have Magneto who controls metal and he's trying to have this uprising of, you know, mutants here and his base is in the forest where there's no metal whatsoever. Really kind of dumb, but maybe it's some dumb fun you might enjoy. So X-Men The Last Stand comes at number 11 for me. Number 10 on my list, I have X-Men Apocalypse, which big waste of opportunity, I think, a lot here. Also directed by Brian Singer. came out in 2018, or 2016, sorry. Uh, but we see Oscar Isaac as the legendary Apocalypse, one of this huge, big, bad villain that is supposed to be pretty awesome. But it, there's a lot of stuff that really let this film down, and I think a lot of it has to do with just maybe too many heroes at one time and trying to come off the, uh, this is a high of X-Men Days of Future Past. And this storyline just really kind of fell flat here. I, I didn't really care for it whatsoever. There was some bright sp- points here. Seeing... Uh, Gene Gray back here. I thought that starting off that Phoenix storyline, Oscar Isaac does what he can with this this role. Overall, this movie kind of feels boring to me. It's put together a little better than the films that I previously mentioned. And seeing Oscar Isaac in a movie is always kind of give, maybe gives it a slight edge. Uh, number nine on my list is Deadpool 2. Now, I, I will say this, that I'm not a huge Deadpool fan. I think this movie, I, I've only seen once, maybe once and a half time. This might move up. This movie is, came out in 2018, directed by David Leach. Some really cool action set pieces. I do enjoy Deadpool and Cable's kind of back and forth here. I thought there were some really good like tongue-in-cheek moments here. Uh, but for me, what this movie kind of falls flat on is I'm not a huge Deadpool fan. I I, I enjoy him more in the comics, but seeing him on screen, it doesn't really play off. It, it feels completely tonal different. I think there's so many tones they try to do in this movie that it doesn't really work quite for me. Again, I've only seen like one and a half times. I do like seeing Zazie Beetz as Domino in here. I really loved Zazie Beetz and like everything that I've seen her in. I liked her in Joker, of course, as well. I've seen little cameos. Uh, from a different uh, people like Brad Pitt kind of makes it really blinking you miss the type of uh, moment here uh, I, I like seeing the juggernaut spoiler I guess in that but yeah, Deadpool 2 is a fine film that uh, this is where the films are kind of mediocre but Deadpool 2 is going to fall into number 9 number 8 is The Wolverine directed by James Mangold his very first take as the, in the X-Men universe I enjoy seeing the Wolverine film but this is another one that I don't need to necessarily want to rewatch too much. It is considerably slower. I do like the character moments for the Wolverine, seeing that progression there, and some really cool action in here as well. It definitely is more of the slower burn type of movie compared to the other ones. There's not like a whole lot of big action set pieces, but him fighting like samurais and stuff is entertaining, and seeing him uh, kind of progress his character. I I enjoy seeing another take as Hugh Jackman. So again. This is definitely falling in the middle of the pack type of X-Men movie for me. Number seven is 2020's The New Mutants, directed by Josh Boone. We just talked about this film. But for The the New Mutants, for me, I thought that there was some entertainment here. I enjoyed seeing these characters. I wanted to see more of them. I felt like there's some things that needed to be fleshed out. There was some, But it felt different than an X-Men movie, but still in the same universe. So I was entertained. I was intrigued. I want to know more. And maybe my recency bias maybe puts it at number seven here for now for not knowing much about these characters there's enough to like about it for me to put it kind of right in the middle for for right now number six on my list is the first deadpool film directed by tim miller again i really love this film when it first came out it was came out on my birthday 
I had a couple shots of tequila, so I went into it pretty uh, feeling good about myself, and I had a blast. I thought this movie was fantastic. On rewatches, it's not nearly as funny for me. I really like some of the action where they take the character, and it's a very enjoyable movie. I like the the little callbacks and shout outs that he does, the little tongue and cheek stuff that he Deadpool does bring to the character. Uh, Ryan Reynolds does bring to the character. It, it it can't really go any higher, just because the humor for me doesn't work all the time. Number five is X-Men, the very first film in 2000, directed by Brian Singer. Uh, this is a, probably a nostalgic pick. It may be the other, some, another film or two are probably better, but this is one that kicked off this universe, and I thoroughly still enjoy it. I like how it's a little darker. You know, It's still small because they're still testing out to see the superhero thing, but seeing a lot of these actors play these iconic characters that I've played in video games and watched the animated show about, Jackman as the Wolverine, or Logan is fantastic. Patrick Stewart is fantastic. Ian McKellen, greatest Magneto, perfect casting, all three of those guys. Famke Janskin as Jean Grey slash Phoenix. I really liked her there. James Morrison as Cyclops. Anne Paquin as Rogue. Sean Ashmore as Iceman. Halle Berry shows up here as Storm. One of my favorite as superheroes is Storm. So I love seeing that we got Halle Berry. We even got you know Darth Maul himself, Ray Park, as Toad in this film. Some really... Some really good uh, actors showing up here. So this one kicked off this universe, and I think it still really holds up. It's, it has a really interesting tone to it, and I, it plays really well on the screen and rewatches. It really kicks off, and leading into the X-Men 2, it's brilliant. Number four on my list is X-Men First Class. A lot of people probably put this maybe a little higher in the top three. I thoroughly enjoy this one. This is kind of like going back in time. This is one that came out in 2011, directed by Matthew Vaughn. Probably one of the best superhero movies of the decade, this last decade. I like seeing all these other actors. I think they're perfectly cast. The only one that's really kind of bad, uh, January Jones as Emma Frost, aka the White Queen. I don't think she's really good in the movie. But everybody else is really uh, solid in here. I love Kevin um, Kevin Bacon as Sebastian Shaw or Black Bishop. Uh, arguably could have been on my best movie deaths of the decade list. I really love seeing McAvoy and Fassbender as you know Magneto and or Professor X and Magneto. Great casting, perfect choices to you know, go back and forth with, you know, Stewart and McKellen. Uh, first Class is a really fun film. Again, it kind of starts a little smaller because they're trying to reboot the franchise considering, like, Origins and also, uh, you know, The Last Stand. Really kind of flopped, really. And this one gives it more, kind of maybe feels a little more grounded in here. And it just is entertaining to see. So First Class is going to fall at number four. But as of now, I'm going to go number three is 2017's film Logan, directed by James Mangold. Now, this is the last film that we'll see Hugh Jackman in. I thought it was a really great send-off. One of the best uh, comic book movie deaths, movie deaths of the decade was the, the Logan. I love seeing kind of a road trip fil- film with Jackman, Stewart, and the lady who played X-23, Daphne King. Daphne King has only been in a couple movies right now, and... And this is her her big screen debut was in this film, and I thought she absolutely killed it. She was a brutal little killer. I love seeing it. There were some things about it, like seeing a clone of Hugh Jackman in it was kind of like kind of bad CGI in a way. But overall, the tone of it making it feel like kind of a western road trip type of film really loved it. And the trailer with Johnny Cash was hurt. I uh, the cover of the Smashing Pumpkins song. I, I I can't go wrong with that. I absolutely thought that was 
very awesome trailer and the movie i love the western feel for it definitely felt different they had some old man logan storyline in there they can't do everything because it was fox at the time and a lot of the storyline you need for that story or characters you needed for that old man logan storyline are mcu heroes so you can't really cross it over i definitely need to rewatch this one i've only seen it like twice and i want to watch the watch it in black and white i think that's gonna be pretty cool to see but yeah logan for as of right now recording this number three for my for me Number two on my list is, this is another tough one, but I'm going to go with 2003's X2 or X-Men United. This is the second X-Men film directed by Brian Singer, and we get to see all our heroes kind of step up. They get a little bit more budget, a little more leniency in the story, and it absolutely delivered for me. This is by far a fantastic film. We can see Nightcrawler in here, um, which is one of my favorite characters. And he was played by Alan Cumming, plays Kurt uh, Wagner, a.k.a. Nightcrawler. I love seeing that opening sequence, one of my favorite openings of the 2000 decade. It was great. I, I thought there was some great character depth. You got a little more moved characters. There's, they're, more, they're more compelling. And I liked how they had to team up as well. X2 is a fantastic film. I definitely need to go back and rewatch it and just get feel a little more nostalgic for it. I remember watching this in the theater with my parents and had a blast with it. And I was really happy we able to see it number one on my list is x-men days of future past from 2014 directed by brian singer again now i put this one as my favorite one because there was there's some good time travel elements in here plus some uh, all our characters come back from the first x-men franchise to this new like first class franchise directed by matthew vaughn but having brian singer come back for the second film was kind of um interesting because he hadn't directed an x-men film since x2 x-men united and he really got the characters correct in this one and i i enjoy everything they really did with this they even introduced the guy who created the uh, mutant killers which is played by peter dinklage he's bulver trask yeah trask creates the sentinels i call them the mutant kill killers but seeing the sentinels actually kind of come out and be part of this storyline was awesome and seeing how it went back and forth between the two different timelines i thought that was made it even more unique and interesting as i've read this storyline so seeing a lot of it play out on screen was awesome and having it go through wolverine's kind of eyes as well there is a different cut there's the rogue cut where and Paquin plays a lot is more into it and I, I haven't seen that cut of the film yet but it's on my list to watch i own the, that dvd or blu-ray i, I definitely have been uh, slacking on that so but anyway, that's my list. Let's run, quickly run down where I have everything ranked. Number 13 is X-Men Dark Phoenix. 12, X-Men Origins Wolverine. 11 is X-Men The Last Stand. 10, X-Men Apocalypse. 9, Deadpool 2. 8, The Wolverine. 7, The New Mutants. 6, Deadpool. 5, X-Men. 4, X-Men First Class. 3, Logan. 2, X2, X-Men United. And 1, X-Men Days of Future Past. Very, uh, side note, there's actually supposed to be another Origins movie starring Ian McClellan called X-Men Origins Magneto. But after the flop of the X-Men Origins Wolverine happened, that movie got canceled. Another fun fact is that even though X-Men Origins Wolverine is a bad movie, it's probably one of my favorite video game video games based off a movie ever i absolutely love playing as this indestructible wolverine character i played this on the xbox 360 and what they were able to do in that game was just have such an enjoyable like game and i wish they would do a remaster of it so that i can actually go back and replay it i absolutely love that game a lot so x-men origins if the video game probably would make higher in the x-men universe than the actual movie it's based off of but that's a topic for a different day 
that is this show that our thoughts and prayers from almost i was do go out to the bozeman family again guys please be respectful to the family and his legacy as well and um, also hit us up on twitter at almost sideways for you know the movie podcast twitter and also check me out on adam sideways uh, on twitter I would love to meet you guys, talk to you guys there as well. We have a good conversation about the X-Men movies. And maybe leave a review and comment. That would be fantastic. We will read that out in the next podcast. And one last thing, check me out on Letterboxd. That's where you can see all my rankings. I have my X-Men ranking up there, my 2020 movie ranks, all that fun, good stuff. I have like every year that I've ever seen a movie, I have everything ranked in there. You can find that at, um, you can go on, just type in Letterboxd, Adam Daly, D-A-L-Y, and you'll find me there so yeah send me a follow me there and check out the some of the, my my list that i have there so again guys now best way to easy uh, easy way to 